Hi, I'm Gabby Lagursio, your travel agent for tonight. It's my pleasure to take you to a place full of interesting conversation and untold stories. Our expected arrival time is 8.30, so fasten your seatbelts and please open your mind. Stay tuned for some music, culture, people, and places. Because right now, it's 8.30 somewhere. Focus the Truth is an amalgamation of the Queen's hip-hop scene. Born and raised in Queens, his music, which is rooted in East Coast hip-hop and rap, features some of the borough's finest. In this episode, we dig deep into Focus the Truth's biography to figure out where it all began and how past life events shine through his music. After releasing five albums, Focus joins us to talk about his love for cartoons, from Family Guy to South Park his Nigerian roots, and how he started performing at an early age that, in hindsight, set his career in motion. At some point during his career, Focus left his comfort zone of Queens for London, where he pursued his master's. London, however, propelled Focus the Truth to check out new genres and artists. On the show, Focus shares his recollection of listening to James Blake, and even though it was far off his taste, he still found the discography inspiring. Focus goes on to share some of the struggles most independent artists are faced with. From directing his own videos to finding financing options, he relies mostly on himself to put his music out there. And here's your small reminder to check out our updated preview playlist to hear some of Focus's tracks that Ben and Max handpicked just for you. Stay tuned to hear what kind of music Focus grew up listening to, what Springfield Gardens felt like when he was a kid, and his take on whether the U.S.'s hip-hop focal point shifted from east to west. Before we started recording, Focus the Truth and Ben talked about COVID restrictions in New York and Israel, some of the main attractions Israel has to offer, and his father's visit to Israel as part of a Christian missionary group. All right, guys, take it away. On your website, um, there's a cartoon, and you mentioned that you li love cartoons as well. Um, and there's a, a cartoon of Trillium's Shakespeare. And, <laughs> and I guess we were like kind of curious to hear more about that. Yeah, and there's also the song uh, about Trillium Shakespeare, and we were wondering what that, uh, what that means. Who is that? Trillium Shakespeare, that's my, that's me, kind of. Um, so that song is featuring my brother, Ayo the Dog. And we just had the beat and he played. He just came with the hook, like Tales of Trillium Shakespeare. He just always comes with these cool names. <laughs> it, was, it was shit like that. So it just kind of just <laughs> happened in the rap. And then um, it's something I run with, you know, because I'm like a writer and that was kind of his perspective of what I was doing. We had just got like a studio in the basement. So he would just see me writing this shit. And I was, uh, I guess, I don't know. You have to ask him, but that's kind of what I get from it. But yeah, it was that. And then it was Tales of Trillium Shakespeare, only the real, no fake hair. And then he's like, I right, just write the verse. He kind of coached that track. That's like one of my uh, more popular tracks too. But yeah, I just wrote in. I, I like the name. I still run with it a little bit, like as an alias. How did it become the the bear from uh, 
from being Trillium Shakespeare to Trillium Shakespeare? Um, because I always kind of ran with the beer thing a little bit because you know I'm kind of bigger, and <laughs> I don't know. It's just I I always did the beer. I don't know. In my life, I feel like it's always the cuddly bear is associated with me. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, I don't know, Trillium Shakespeare, when we did the video, the animated video, we was just, you know, just from the love of cartoons and stuff, just doing whatever. It was cool. So. When you say you love cartoons, what are some of your favorites? Um, I don't know. Um, I like all the adult cartoons, like the uh american dad um american dad is what because i feel like that doesn't get enough mention so that's why i want to put that for sure it's always in the background when people talk about family guy yeah yeah american dad for sure um like bob's burgers um, Rick and Morty, I'm kind of cool with. Yeah. Um, the Simpsons is legendary, of course. <laughs> Family Guy. Uh, what else? South Park. Cartman is a legend. Um, <laughs> who else? Yeah, but just shit like that, like lighthearted stuff. But even like kids' cartoons, like I'll fuck with them. Shits. Just like <laughs> sitting if in past, like when I used to, I went to Nigeria one year, I would just be watching whatever cartoon. And I'm, I'm a grown ass man just watching <laughs> cartoons. I don't know. It's cool. Something You're just... never too old to watch cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. 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 So, I mean, yeah, I just like cartoons. That's, you... It's funny. Go ahead. You mentioned Nigeria, or did I misheard? Nah, yeah, Nigeria. So I'm Nigerian. Both my parents are Nigerian. I'm a first generation American. So I've been there a few times, maybe like four, five. You still have family over there? Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of my family's over there. Like all of my dad's siblings are out there. Um, my mom, uh, about two of her siblings out there now. And the rest of them are in New York here. So you were born in, uh, in the States? Yeah, so I was born in New York and yeah, raised out here. And I guess that it kind of leads us to the zip code you picked. So you went with Queens NYC 11413. Um, what does that stand for? Uh, that's Springfield Gardens. Field. And what, why did you pick it? Um, that's where I, a lot of my formative years were. That's where I, since, yeah the large majority of my life. I went to middle school, uh, high school, all that while living in that area. That's where I went home to. That's yeah, a lot of my friends are from there. My friend's birthday we're celebrating right now. We grew up walking distance from each other. I could go see his mom. And I just seen his mom yesterday. You know, she'll give me hugs. She'll make me a cake for my birthday. But that's, you know, that's like family. I could go see his mom when he's not there. Like, I just know a lot of people in that neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about your brother being a musician as well and a rapper. Um, what kind of music did you grow up on um, back then? Um, early, like, early, early, my dad, 
I'm sure there was probably like a lot of African music, Sunny Odd Day or something like that. I remember seeing Michael Jackson, Dad, uh, recording the vinyl like that. We listened to that. Um, a lot of like, I feel getting older, a lot of early Bad Boy stuff, Biggie, Wu-Tang, Alu. And was all that played like around the house as well? No. <laughs> My cousin... Uche used to come bring, he, he, he was, this is like life after death. He was playing it, but you know what? Hot 97 and kiss. So I, I, in the car, my pops driving me around and stuff. I could hear, you know, he'll play hot 97 just to pass the time. And yeah, so Biggie was big then. So a lot of bad boys, it was like running the radio. And then like, you know, certain hip hop classic songs. So yeah, in passing, but I don't think I was like heavily affected. I think I was still just, it, You know, like radio programming, this is the hit song, and I didn't have my own taste yet. I don't know if that makes sense. And when was the shifting point? Like, when did you start, I don't know, um, filtering out music and knowing what you're looking for? I feel like... <laughs> this is a question. I feel like <laughs> fifth grade. <laughs> I think that's when the Life After Death album came out and Wu-Tang Forever, I think. And then I just remember uh, just learning like all the lyrics to Abomatomically, Socrates' philosophies, high prophecies, can't define, be dropping these mockeries, lyrically perform armed robberies, flee with the lottery, that Inspector Deck verse on the Triumph song. Yeah. And I just kept listening over and over. And then I was like, yeah, that's hard. And then Biggie was just the man at the time and had all the records. So that was ill. I remember that. Uh, I think that's when I started getting more into hip hop. And then as I got older and like Rough Riders and uh, G-Unit and Fabulous and Joe Budden and all these like East Coast rappers. Speaking of G-Unit, you got to feature one of their, uh, one of their best, right? Yeah, Tony Hill. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. What was it like? Um, it was interesting because um, I just sent him the beat and he kind of came with a dope verse. And at the time, it was... Um, I, just, I, wanted, I just wanted to get... Try, I wanted to try something new. Like, I, I wanted to do it with Lloyd Banks first because I was like a heavy, heavy, heavy Lloyd Banks fan. <laughs> <laughs> but um whatever it didn't go through so i know someone who's cool with yale so he kind of set the play and then i don't know it was just interesting because i just want i think at that time i was like i'm just gonna do something that could get me a better look or get more people to look at me and it turned out better because i didn't expect him to give me a verse like that and i was like oh this is dope so it turned it, it, turned, it was cool just the dope energy um a lot of people like that song now So it was just, I don't know. That's just, that's the energy I remember when trying to get that done. How did you guys meet? Um, so we met the day of the video shoot. So he came, he, um, we had a studio in the city and he came, uh, he was late. <laughs> and then <laughs> I ended up recording the song there and then he pulled up And then uh, we had, like, everybody was just chilling. Akoski, I was there shooting a video. He was cool. He was down. He didn't even really remember the song. 
Then he heard it. Then he was like, oh, right, yeah, this is all. He was, and then, you know, we just shot it, wrapped it, had fun. It was a cool night. It was cool, quick, in and out. Very cool. Um, so maybe like going back again, um, when was the turning point? Like when, when, when did you start making music, um, like seriously? When did I start making music seriously? Because we were talking about like your, your early years and then like having, inf like having those influences, but not like still being young. So that's why, why I was thinking about that. Okay. So seriously... Seriously means like putting out music for people to hear, like for sale, or is it just putting out music for people to hear? Um, I don't know. You tell us. Like, when was this shift um, in your mind? I guess. I think I was. It was like I'll go to the studio because I could rap. <laughs> it was just something I think I was like a little bit naturally good at. Yeah. Uh, and I would just do it because my brother's going to the studio, my boy's building a studio, I have around the resources, and I could just do it. And then I would just do it a fun passing time as a kid. And um, I think that was like the thing to do. And I got good and I got better. And then certain people would be like, yo, you should do a tape or a mixtape. You're good, you're good, you're good. Just in the neighborhood from everybody. So, I don't know. I kind of just did it, put it together. <laughs> Sounds very natural. Okay. Organic, <laughs> I would say. Like, just happening because, I don't know, the surroundings pushed you into it. Like, you were good at it as well. Sounds very organic. Like, no decision yeah. ever made. Wow, yeah. You were born to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it was. Like, It's just, it was, I was good. I, I, I remember like high school one day we was hanging out. I was just freestyling people. Oh, I'm like, okay, this is kind of easy. It was naturally. So I don't know. I think like I was good. I'm, humbly speaking, I think I'm a good performer. I think that, I think like in front of you, it's different than hearing it. And I think yeah. hearing it is something I developed over time and worked on making that better, but in front of you like if we if I, i could spit 16 or you know what i mean like right in front of you i could perform on stage and put the passion out and you know give it my all and still maintain and do wordplay i may not some people could have be better with certain stuff but like i think my passion is a strong point in front of you and it do you think it comes across in your delivery as well do you um, i don't <laughs> know i mean I'm for, I for sure think so, but. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I think so. Yeah, I think it's all. I don't know. I don't know from the feedback you get from the different responses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I've, I've heard people say, like, you know, we cried to my music or that. I think that is, is, is yeah. I, I, I like to think that's passion. I think so. Wow. Definitely. Um, do you, did you get to play, like to perform during that time, like during that crazy year, um, <laughs> with like everything, like New York is under curfew and stuff. Um, did you get a chance to perform like live or only record music? in the mm, No live performances besides 
in my boy's tent on his birthday, <laughs> randomly just rap, not even rapping, just DJ. That was fun. Sounds great. Yeah. What was the playlist like? Playlist? Yeah. Oh, I, I was random. I didn't even know I was gonna do it, <laughs> but um, I killed it. I did Mad '90s R&B. I was giving them genuine, so anxious. Um, I can't even remember right now. I'd have to go to my playlist. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. If I remember correctly, you had like a period in London as well. Um, yep. you went you went there for school, right? Yes, I did. Webster's Graduate School. What'd you study? Webster. Webster. I have an MBA, Masters wow. in Business Administration. Very cool. Did it help you, like with uh, with your music career? Um, I think the experience helped with my music career. In what ways? Um, and 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 okay, um, the degree as well too. So the experience was I got I went to London for two years. So I met people who I wouldn't have met if I stayed in Queens. Yeah. So I met my my manager now was my roommate in London. Oh, nice. Um. A lot of people who, I mean, like I, I, my, I feel like I have like a different reach because I've been a different areas and like even in London, there's a lot of people in Europe. The reason I'm connected with you guys is someone I've met. In London. So <laughs> right. you know, like it's just different connections outside of my regular circle of influence. Where did you live in London? And I live. My first few months, I stayed in what was it Harold's Point or something like that? I don't even remember. It was out. It's not too far from Heathrow though. And then I moved into London. I, I went in North London at Wood Green. Yeah, so I stayed there for a while, maybe a year, some change. And then I was in Central London, not too far from Oxford Street. Was it Marlebone? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, so I stayed there for a while before I left. And how was the London experience in comparison to Queens? Just, you know, like moving from this familiar place to, I don't know, I don't know. Smile. <laughs> What was the hip hop scene like over there? The hip hop scene in London? Uh, what was the hip hop scene like? I don't, I don't <laughs> If it know. even I exists. I mean. I, nah, it is a hip hop scene for <laughs> no, sure. just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was more on my own. I listened to what I listened to, I guess. But no, 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 I'm not even say that. There was a good hip hop scene out there because a lot of the people appreciate. I... Wait, can you say that again? I think we. Uh, I didn't out. say anything. I didn't oh. say anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, I feel like with Europe in general, there's like this appreciation for like classic or art or just like culture and art. Let me say that. Yeah. So, like, there's. I'm. I don't want to say that because in America now too, I feel like it's being the same too. But I guess like you know, De La Soul and a lot of, um, culturally relevant artists of yesteryear mm -hmm. tour a lot in Europe. They're appreciated right. more. They get more money. People are buying their albums. They're, if you go to Notting Hill Carnival in London, they play an old school hip hop and everybody's out there dancing. <laughs> you know, like it's, that's dope. Where America, there's areas where they do that too, but I feel like the new, more contemporary stuff gets celebrated a bit more. 
So I don't, I don't know from just the appreciation of art I enjoy in Europe. I don't even, what was the question again? <laughs> what was the hip hop scene like? Oh, all right, yeah. So I think there's an appreciation for art and then they also have their own sound. They got the grime and, you know, uh, there's a lot of culture out there. The Afro beats was jumping when I was out there. Hip hop, cool. They listen. When I was out there, it was, I was going to concerts. I went to Wiz Khalifa's concert. I seen wow. J. Cole. I went to nice. the AT&T Wireless. I seen Rihanna perform out there. ASAP Rocky. It was cool. I feel like there's the internet kind of makes the world one almost. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And did it have any impact on your creation like back then? Um, on your music creation? Did you get to experience other genres as well? Sure. Um, I learned about James Blake out there. That's something <laughs> that I probably was listening to. That was fire. Um, I'm sure a lot of other stuff. Or Head right now. I can't think of, but James Blake is the first person yeah. to come to mind. That retrograde album. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's just hard. Um, yeah, shout out to James Blake. But yeah, I, I, uh, I can't think of any right now. No worries, all good. I was just thinking of, uh, like, it... You know, like when once you like exit the the comfort zone, it sort of it can work in two ways. I would say, either like paralyze you or just push you to create more. And I was wondering, like, what what impact mm. did London had on your creation? Um, I think with Queens, or at least I'm, I'm not going to say Queens or anything. Like, I'm going to say my comfort zone in is more boom bap rap just freestyle spit just uh more just rapper for rappers rapper kind of thing if that makes sense yeah and then i think when i went to london which is around the time my dui and berwick road album came out it started being more about like content and i think that was just i don't know i think i learned more about music and maybe it was growth too to learn more about myself just being outside of my comfort zone and seeing people i don't know doing different things and so did it help you to find like a, a unique voice like your voice within this i don't know scene that's a that's a that's a cool way of wording it um <laughs> yeah <laughs> um find my voice i i think i kind of have a sense for my voice right now And based on just everything I've been through and seeing what resonates and yeah, it did, it did help me find my voice. I, I'll say that because I had to try different things and learn who I was. And I know myself more now because of everything I've been through. Tell us a little bit about working with uh, Derringer from Griselda. Derringer? Derringer was dope, man. Um, he was cool. He came to the studio. He played a few beats. I was there. I had a verse. My brother came through. <laughs> He rapped. It was kind of just really organic, man. Um, it was a dope session. Um, recorded it. Put it out as a video just to show people. It was natural. Um, yeah, man. It's a dope song. Freedom of Thought. I like Derringer. Um, I haven't worked with him after that, but it was a cool session. For sure. 
Um, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like a lot of your work is focused around like queens. So for instance, Q85 and uh, like features this bus lane that runs throughout the queens and then in Immortal you kind of a lot of the musicians you feature like a lot of the rappers you, you feature are from Queens itself. Uh-huh. Um feels like a little like a Queens concept album in a sense. Um uh-huh. how does this creation like reflect the scene in in Queens like the rap scene in Queens? Huh. Um, the rapping, my brother, Ayo's on there, my, my partner in crime, my other brother, Vo, he's on the album. He's from Queens. We just, I feel like the sound just Queens, just bars. It's just raps. It's raps on some dope beats. It's hip hop. Like a lot of, there's, there's a skit I put in there where Killer Mike says like Queens has the best MCs. I think the lineage of Queens is just dope rappers. So the whole project, it was really just. I'm connected with people. I had Styles P on there. I had Tony Ayo. These are features I've never done before. And these are guys who've been, well, who have legacies in hip hop. Yeah, and definitely. Um, I just did music with them, like to show that I could rap with them. Then I did stuff with my brother, who I feel super talented. Vogue, who I feel is super talented. Fly, another rapper from Queens, who I feel is super talented. Kaya Baby, she's super talented. And it's just that sound, boom, bap, talking about different stuff, just... I felt like it was a good album and I represent Queens, the lineage of that, all the predecessors, the Nas's, the rappers, we got the best rappers and just, I don't know, maybe the, yeah, I know, I know exactly what it is, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Um, and some of your videos as well, like you always, it feels like everything is centered around Queens, so I like, I like that sense to it as well, like with the, the one with the, uh the bodega so i think it's like one one eight four street and edgeware road um i think mm-hmm. it's on the, on the video like we can we can feel it <laughs> we can feel it yeah um am i right like the video is uh yeah it's yeah, shot over I there do. it's all in the neighborhood yeah it's all with the regular people who i hang out with the same people in the video I'm with right now it's just uh just i don't know just bringing you into my space and video seems like uh like a major portion of your work as well like you you put a lot of videos out there yeah i did like 10 videos for all of the projects that was cool that was just something we wanted to do it was uh something we put on the board is that's what we're gonna do it took time but you know everything i did makes me better yeah so i learned a lot from that and it was something fun to do too <laughs> any particular reason you chose like videos and not not only like releasing to streaming services or like hard copies oh no videos always work well for me <laughs> yeah people watch them it's like kind of like a commercial for the product so you know some people didn't hear mortal when the first came out and dear father was the last video they may heard dear father just saw the video dear father like visually and it's like oh shit, let me go hear that i didn't even know i missed out on something it's just promotion wise and I like doing videos. I like I like the creative aspect of videos. I like uh, trying to, you know, I, I, it's something I want to get more and more and more into. It's tough. It's tough though. Why? Um, I guess I, I usually I haven't like directed a video myself. I kind of directed the video, but. I'm not sitting in the editing room doing all the cuts and that's a job in itself. Then 
the pre-production and making sure locations and scenes and just trying to think outside the boxes and finance that and bring dope ideas on the screen the same way you have like a dope song. I feel like it's a whole nother dimension to the art space. And I, I, I don't know. So I'm appreciate. It also seems like your MBA would have something to do with the appreciation for all of what goes into the business of music. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. I've been doing like a, just looking into it more and like how labels get money and then all the revenue streams and it's yeah, just business, like products, marketing. Yeah. Are you signed to a label? And then, no, I'm not. I'm independent completely. Good for you. But, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's dope. It's dope. It's yeah. Dope. Um, but the just all of that, that's it's it's pretty dope to me. It's pretty dope. And then it's like me, I'm an artist myself, and I don't, I, I never. That's where the MBA kind of helped. Oh, uh, I don't even know. I'm. I don't even know if I'm saying kind of. But I think just the interest in business helps any any artist. Yeah. Because that's one dimension and then also like being a pure artist in the sense that i'm just writing and creating because this is something i love to do and then i gotta put my my nuts on the line pretty much like okay i made something i think is dope i'm gonna put it out i'm gonna finance it and what everybody says listen to this i think is dope uh you could have did this you could have did that nah this is what i believe in right now and this is what i'm putting my money on and i don't know it's a good feeling that sounds amazing. Does it ever muddy the waters, though, having to deal with the business side of things? Like, it's it, music is something that's so important to you and you enjoy doing so much, but then you have to also deal with the the hard work that goes into, you know, putting out the music and making the videos and all that. So does that ever affect you in a, in a bad way? Yeah, because... I guess like when you have a vision and then it doesn't go the way you want it to go and you gotta, you gotta be adjustable, adaptable. Um, yeah, that, that, that kind of is annoying. I, I think I'm getting better with it now, but I think that's something that I had to deal with. And just also like when you're letting go of your idea, someone else has to take control of it and then it doesn't go the way you want it. Uh, it's a it's a form of perfectionism. It sounds like. Would you? Uh, okay. <laughs> would okay, you say? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe I'm way off, but I mean, your your music is very like meticulously made, and all the beats are like very uh, perfect. And so it sounds like maybe that goes into the business side too, of like you don't want to yeah. you don't want to let other people like take your ideas and do what they want to do with them. Yeah 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 it's like the artist side of it um yeah but it's still dope though yeah. <laughs> it's, so, man, it's still dope uh, it's dope it's dope it's dope it's dope it's dope and you know i learn more about myself as the process continues and i also learn more about everything so it's dope how was working on your last album like during covid immortal was pre-covid oh, it so was pre-COVID. i think Yeah, I had, that was, what was that? I wrote it, I might have wrote all the songs, maybe like 2019, but released it in mm. 2020. So we did that, just, um, it was dope, it was dope. And that was a, a, a dope time because I had my son during that period. And uh, um, I don't know, there's a lot of emotion 
with that. So I think that's kind of where like the, the Xavier's freestyle song comes from. And yeah, and in in Legacy, I think he you, there's a sample of your son's heartbeat, right? Yeah, that's 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 kind of what I refer to like is like the passion side of it, or maybe vulnerability, but just that the in the creation of that process that seems like the heart of it to me because that was the most what i was going through that was the most like life-changing whatever and um yeah i just put that in the project because i felt like it was dope and i I don't know i feel like that's what you're supposed to do (laughs) when you have a kid you're a rapper you gotta put out the (laughs) song for your (laughs) child or something relating to that so I just, that was new. That's what was going on. That's that. And then was, everything else was just a bunch of dope shit that I put together. Pretty much the simple, the same formula. But I just wanted to put that in there. Just touch on that. Do you have anything in the in the pipeline coming out soon or something you're working on? Um, yeah, man. I have like 17 albums. No, I'm lying. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. One day I'm doing this album. The next day I'm doing this album. The next day I'm putting these songs together to make this. Well, I don't know. Um, I, I, I honestly, uh, my mind is in so many directions, but I just want to make as much music as possible right now. Yeah, I think that's that's where I'm at with it. I just make in my head. I want to just make a hundred songs and just do everything <laughs> I want to do, and then be like, okay, I made a hundred songs. What next? How do you decide if, uh, like you said, you one day you're working on this album, one day the next album? How do you decide if a song belongs on one album as opposed to the other? Um, is it like a concept thing, or I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not done with the whole process yet, so I can't <laughs> tell you. But I do know. I do know that as I continue the process, certain stuff sticks and certain stuff may not stick. So yeah. if it sticks through the whole time, I'm like, yeah, this is hard. This is hard. This is hard. Every time I listen to it, uh, whatever, then I'm like, okay, I like this. I'm going to run with this because it means it resonates a long time. And then certain stuff, it may stick. Then I'll be out of it. Then like two months later or a month later, oh, okay, whoa, this is rocking again. I kind of get it. Maybe yeah. I should finish this. Da-da-da. Like certain stuff like that. So I don't know. When I'm done with the process, I'll tell you. And then like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it is. Um, so we're gonna wrap that one up. Thank you. Thanks a lot for being with no us. No problem, man. No Focus problem. All right, that's a wrap. Can't wait to hear what you guys have in store for us next time. As always, this episode of 830 Somewhere was brought to you by Basebase, your favorite international platform for music-related content. Thank you so much for listening. As an independent platform, we would highly appreciate any kind of support. So if you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please make sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media, where you can share your thoughts and comments about this episode. Big shout out to everyone behind this episode. Hosting by Ben Sharoni, Max Gorin, and myself, Gabby Lagursio. Editorial work by Ben Sharoni. Production by Max Gorin. Coordination by David Granostay. Booking by Sophia Reiners. Music and sound effects by Max Gorin and Hack Mac. Artwork by Yosha David. Hope you've enjoyed your flight. See you soon. Somewhere at 8.30.